Hey, before you start today's episode, I just wanted to jump on in and tell you about something so very exciting. I am holding my first ever summit. The Rise Above Summit is going to be on the 20th and the 21st of March and the tickets to it are free. All you have to do is register at theriseabovesummit.com. Now, I have pulled together the most phenomenal lineup for you. Honestly, it's like a who's who of the online world. So if you have an online business that you want to grow, so you're either a course creator, a membership owner, or a coach and do offer group programs, then this is definitely the summit for you. You are going to learn everything you need to know from the best experts out there in terms of growing that business. Let me just give you a little rundown of some of the speakers that we've got speaking. We've got the amazing Amy Porterfield, who's going to be sharing with us about growing her audience and basically creating a million dollar online business. We've got the phenomenal Michael Hyatt, who is a New York Times bestselling author, who's going to be talking to us about getting organized in our business. We've got Mike from the Membership Guys, who's going to be talking about using free content to sell your online membership. We've got Lucy Street from Adobe Express sharing the secret source of social media. We've got Graham Cochran, who's talking about a million dollar life giving business formula. And I do an amazing interview with him. We have Adrian Salisbury talking about three keys to maximizing your own camera presence. We have Kirsten Miller, Mary Hyatt, Joy Ann Boyce. Uh, we have Fifi Mason, Robin Kennedy. We have Kylie Lang, Melanie Moore, Jen Lena, Natalie Bullen, Liz Mosley. Like the list goes on and on and on. We honestly have the most phenomenal people. We also have various different activities that you can take part in that go from meditation to tapping to doing marketing in 10 minutes. So we've got lots of fun things and there's also competitions to get amazing swag. So go and check out theriseabovesummit.com. It will be linked in the show notes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Go and find it in my social media. Get your free ticket. And after you get your free ticket, you will be given the opportunity to upgrade to our VIP pass. And our VIP pass means that you can watch any of these sessions whenever you want. Because the one thing about putting on such an amazing summit with such a big and amazing lineup is that we can't fit them all in two days. And in order to fit them in, we're doing tracks. So you will get to pick between three different speakers of which one to watch live. And unless you've got the VIP passed, you won't be able to watch the speakers that you've missed. So do check that out as well. It's honestly going to be amazing. I am so very excited about it and I can't wait to see you there. You are listening to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple Podcast, episode 47. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple Podcast, uncovering the secrets of effortless social media marketing for your business. And here is your host, Teresa Heath-Waring. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. As you can hear, I still have a slightly strange voice from my cough and cold, and that's because I am trying to get ahead and therefore I'm batching intros and outros, so you're going to hear this voice, I'm afraid, today as well as last week. But then hopefully by the next time I come to do more recording, I will be better and my voice will be back to normal, which would be lovely, because I personally am getting a little bit sick of it now, but never mind. 
Anyway, on to today's podcast episode, which I am so excited about. Because as you know, if you've listened to my podcast, I am a huge fan of James Wedmore. Now, I discovered James's podcast, I think at least a year ago now, maybe a bit longer, I can't remember. And I have to say, the podcast and him and the work I've done with him since has honestly changed my business, me and my life. Now, I know that sounds really dramatic and really amazing, but I promise you he has. The things he says, the stuff he's woken me up to, the concepts he's got me to understand have honestly been amazing. And in total honesty, a lot of that has come from his podcast, his free content that he's putting out every single week, in fact, several times a week, he is giving you such good advice. So the reason I say these things about James is because, as I've talked about lots of times before, I've worked in marketing a long time. And therefore, for me, the tools and tactics and strategies have never really been a problem. Also, I am very keen to keep learning. So just because I did a degree, in fact, I bet hardly any of my degree I use now because it's changed so much. But I learn all the time. I do courses all the time. I read a lot. I listen to a lot of books. I listen to a lot of podcasts. So I was always updating myself with the changes because the digital marketing landscape is a forever changing thing. So I'm always trying to keep on top of that. So I felt very confident that I had the tools and tactics that enabled me to do these amazing things in marketing. And I knew this as well because I was doing it for clients. I was helping clients create online marketing and build their email lists and create memberships and successfully launch products. So I knew I knew that bit and I felt fairly confident in that. And yet I had these amazing dreams to build my own business in a different way in which I'd already built it. So obviously I have an agency, but I wanted to focus more on the Teresa side of the business. I always talk about myself like I'm a third person, but the Teresa side of the business is things like this. It's the podcast, it's doing more speaking, it's selling courses that help you, it's providing you with a membership that can support you. And I really wanted to grow this side of the business, but I wasn't doing it, literally didn't do anything. And it wasn't through lack of knowledge because I knew how to do it and I couldn't work out what the problem was. Anyway, I started to listen to James and I started to kind of just be a bit more open to, I guess, a more spiritual mindset side. Please don't let the word spiritual turn you off if you're not spiritual, because actually there's some amazing things coming up in this episode. But I started to open my mind a bit more to those things. And I have to say, the stuff he taught me and the stuff I learned has made a huge difference to me and my business. And things like not being scared to do something, because I let fear hold me back a lot. And I think, in fact, this is probably one of the main reasons I haven't, at this point, um, launched the stuff I want to launch. It's nearly there, and it's probably days away by this point. But that's possibly one of the reasons I didn't do it, because I was scared, and I let that fear stop me. So James has been amazing He has really helped me understand this side, really helped me focus on me 
as a person. Another thing that we talk about on the podcast, um, that's one of the reasons I really liked him is because I was an employee. I was employed for years. I didn't know how to be an entrepreneur. I didn't think I was an entrepreneur. I knew how to do marketing. I knew how to help clients better market their business. And I thought that's all it took. And of course it isn't all it takes. It's about how do you keep yourself motivated? How do you keep yourself on track? How do you run your business? And actually, again, he talked about all of that side. So anyway, I'm going on way too much, but you are going to love this episode. Like I said, he is a hero of mine. So before we jump in, let me just quickly go over his bio. So for 10 years, James has taught entrepreneurs and online business owners how to leverage the power of online video and YouTube marketing to reach more people, share their message and convert to customers. But in 2016, James made a massive shift to focus on a gap that he felt was missing from this marketplace, the mindset needed for entrepreneurship. So he launched a totally woo-woo, his words, not mine, podcast, although I do like him, um, called the Mind Your Business Podcast. I will link up to that in the show notes. I listen to it every week. And he also then created his signature program, Business by Design. And today he helps coaches, experts, content creators, and authors, not only to craft better marketing messages, but also how to ditch the hustle mentally and create success from the inside out. I promise you, you are going to love this one. So without further ado, here is James. Okay, I am so excited and so very honored to welcome today's guest to the podcast. Welcome, James Wedmore. Hey, Teresa, thanks so much for having me. Oh, no, honestly, the pleasure is all mine. James, you've been on my list for a long time, and having been a huge fan of your podcast, to have you on mine and that we get to have a conversation is a bit of a business dream come true. So thank wow. you so well, thanks, much. Thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate that. Oh, no, I love it. And in fact, it was probably one of the first I really got into and the main one I listen to all the time now. And it's one wow. that I recommend, recommend to anybody that listens. So I know my audience are going to know who you are because I talk about you a lot. But just in case they've kind of missed it somehow, um, it would be great if you could just tell us a little bit about who you are and how you got to do what you're doing now. Sure. So uh, 11 years ago, I got an idea to start a business on the internet, uh, but I had no idea what I was in for, what I was doing. And um, fast forward several years later, through a lot of trials and tribulations, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of struggles, frustrations, long nights, um, <laughs> a lot of just like pounding the keyboard. Mm -hmm. um, I managed to build a, a rather successful seven-figure uh, digital business around my content expertise. And I became known as the go-to YouTube and marketing guy in the industry. Um, so that was really amazing. Like That was a big dream of mine was just you know getting paid. That was like my little vision for myself was I wanted to get paid to make videos. Because videos, doing videos, creating videos, writing, scripting, editing, all that stuff was something I really loved. I still love it. Mm -hmm. And so like that was a driving question for me was, how do I get paid to do this? How do I get paid to do this thing that I love? Um, and I managed to do that. And that was the original objective. You know, like that's what I set out to do. And yeah. 
there's the difference between like what you think you want versus like, wow, what you really get. Yeah. Um, and what I got was a crash course in life, business, and entrepreneurship. And I think there was a point in time where I was teaching people how to make videos and stuff. And, and you know, if, Teresa, if you were a student, mm-hmm. your win, your transformation would be like, James, I made a video. Yeah. And yeah. there came a point in time for me that I was just like, I think I want to do more. <laughs> I think I want to help people with more than that. And so I really looked back at my journey and realized that what really got me to that place was so much more about what was in between my ears mm-hmm. and um, how I was thinking, how I was feeling, and, and really how I had to shift everything from the inside out. And I said, if I'm not, that was really like, there was just a moment where I was like, if I'm not teaching, if I'm not talking about this, if I'm not teaching this or sharing this, and I just tell people the only reason I'm successful is because I made a bunch of videos. Yeah. It's like I'm just scratching the surface and I'm doing such a disservice. And so about three years ago now, I came up with the idea to, to start a podcast. And the podcast is called Mind Your Business. Mm-hmm. And it was basically everything else that to me was so critically relevant to the entrepreneurial journey, which is really a conversation of instead of looking externally to what funnel do I need? What launch should I do? What's the strategy? How do I create a landing page? And you know, all these things that are such surface level, you can learn all the tech, you can learn all the landing pages and all the funnels and still be broke and not help anybody. Mm -hmm. It's not until we start looking within and saying, who am I being? How am I showing up? What behaviors, thoughts, beliefs, actions am I taking? Um, and, And how am I showing up in the face of adversity, in the face of a problem or a breakdown? Am I going to let that stop me? Am I going to let the slightest criticism, the slightest um, you know, breakdown be my demise? Yeah. And I realized like, I just had to learn so much of that, that internal world and like, really change the way I think and feel. And that was ultimately what I credit to my success. So that spawned you know, an entirely new direction for me of really showing people... Um, what it takes to step into that role of being a, a digital CEO, mm-hmm. um, the the mindset that goes along with it, and that the right habits and behaviors. So that was a long winded answer. Boy, I hope no, that no, no, was no, not at all. <laughs> yeah, no, that was awesome. And I so there's a couple of things I wanted to ping, uh, bring up. Really, yeah. so first one was obviously the fact that you realized that there was so much more to being an entrepreneur than just the fact of physically doing the thing you were doing. So just the fact of putting those videos out there. Was there ever a time where, and I guess I say this because I I initially come from corporate world. I spent sort of 10 years in corporate world where to talk anything around mindset, Mm -hmm. perhaps now is different, but certainly when I was there would have been like a big no-no. And also to... And, you know, please don't take this like a wrong way, but for a male to talk about it would have been definitely a no-no. So was there ever a point where you were nervous to kind of go, do you know what? I want to bring more of this to the forefront. I want to talk more about this and how it can help people. Well, I actually did an episode on this um, and me releasing the podcast was the scariest thing I'd ever done in my business. Like the biggest leap, the biggest like, oh crap, because what people don't realize is that when you build up a business, you have now something to lose. You yeah. know, like kind of the grass is always greener, right? If I, when I look back to those, those younger days when you're just like, 
trying to scrap anything together and trying, you know, you're just throwing everything against the wall to see what sticks. Yeah. There's nothing to lose. Like no. you don't have a reputation at stake. You don't have an audience and customers of, that you're going to disappoint or upset or offend it. You know, so there's a lot of freedom in, in that. And I built up this, I mean, with 150, 200,000 person email list, millions of views, all this audience waiting for me. And they wanted James, the video tech guy. Yeah. And all of a sudden I'm like, uh, hey, so I've just released a podcast and it has nothing to do with video. It has nothing to do with tech. It has nothing to do with marketing. It actually has a lot to do with how I'm incorporating a lot of spirituality and uh, mindset into my my life and my oh, business. God. You must and be people, so scared. Well, yeah, I was really scared. And, and of course, there are people like, you know, hey, uh, not my cup of tea, you know, yeah. that's not what I signed up for. And that's fine. And, you know, a massive cleansing. But but I knew that that's what I wanted to be sharing. So it's like, you're always going to have fear. You're always going to have those things that uh, scare you. And the one thing is to train ourselves to lean into that fear, to realize that that's what we came here to do is to do the things that are outside our comfort zone. And that's why there's a little fear there is because it's new. Mm-hmm. It's in the unknown. It's uncertain. And that makes it exciting. It makes it exhilarating, really. And so what's funny is that when I did that episode talking about this fear, I had just this interesting realization that for most people and myself included at that time, that fear was like a stoplight. Mm-hmm. Like we feel the fear and then we go, oh, so I shouldn't. I'm afraid, yeah. therefore I won't. And that's such an interesting concept. It's such an interesting thing, like how we've just started to ad- adopt this belief that when you are afraid, it means you shouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And I really got present to that. And I was like, wait a second. Like, I, here was this thing that was the, one of the most successful things I did. Like, just launching that podcast was such a huge win. But it was also the thing that I was like the most afraid of. Yeah. And I was like, what's going on there? If, if that fear was real, like, you know, normally when you have a fear of like a mountain lion, it's like, okay, don't walk towards it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you yeah. listen to that fear. But what was I really afraid? You know, I was afraid of what people would think of me and what they'd say and if it didn't go well and if it imploded my business, all these irrational things that don't exist. And today I've just learned, and I think that's why we continue to grow and our students continue to grow, is we like the fear is really an indicator of that you're on the right path and you want to lean into that fear. And so we did this um, thing inside one of our coaching programs called, uh, you know, the F the Fear Challenge. Yeah. And we've seen more breakthroughs more like ahas, realizations, and business growth from our students in the past 30 days than for some an entire year because we started with what is the thing that scares you the most that you know know would grow your business, but you've been putting it off because you're you're choosing fear over your commitment to what you're up to. Are you committed to your fear or are you committed to the outcome? And in these 30 days, people chose the outcome. They chose their vision. They chose the dream life, the dream business. They chose why they're doing this, whether it's for their family or for themselves or for the impact, they chose that and they chose not to feed the fear. And that's where they had the biggest growth. And so that was, that was massive for me, like so massive that now I, I listen for the fear. I watch for the fear. I, I yeah. observe it. And go, okay. But that means that's where we need to go because that's where you grow. And uh, it, yeah. you know, it's such a big thing because actually, like you said, most people would just steer away from it. They would think, or the fear would stop them. And actually, when you look at the people who are the most successful, they obviously had those fears too. You had those fears, but you went ahead and did it anyway. You went ahead and just thought, 
do you know what? I'm not going to let this stop me. And maybe when you look at the, the success of some entrepreneurs over to others and why some people are wildly successful, they just went, do you know what? I'm not going to let that stop me and I'm just going to keep going. Absolutely. And, and to speak more like what you, you first mentioned in your question, kind of like the difference between the corporate world and entrepreneurship, yeah. um, there is, and this is your words exactly, there's so much more to being an entrepreneur. And I think like, yeah. I didn't go to, a, you know, I, I don't have a corporate background, but I did have plenty of jobs, including being a bartender. And one of the first things I, you know, I, I, my thoughts on uh, being an employee, and again, nothing wrong with it. What is wrong, and, and this is where people think I'm judging, it's, oh, it's, everyone should be entrepreneurs. Like, no, not at all. Mm-hmm. My, my gripe is, is that if you take everything you've learned, which society has te- taught us to be really good, hardworking, permission-seeking employees, and you take that same way of being, that same thinking, that same strategy into business, your own business, you're going to fail. Like, and yeah. that's what I see is like the really at the core level of what's going on with so many people. Um, as an employee... We are taught um, what to think. This is, yeah, yeah. Th- that's what's going on. That's why mindset isn't a big thing because when we bring this conversation, and I don't even love the word mindset, but you know, it, it fits. So I think part of why the mindset conversation for an entrepreneur is so important is because it's an opportunity to learn how to think. When we coach our clients, a lot of times they come with us with these expectations of like, James is going to be my personal Google. And if I just yeah. ask a question, he's going to have the answer. And they quickly realize that that's not what I do. Nope. Because that, you know, it's the whole idea of like, um, feed a man a fish and you feed him for a day, teach him how to fish, mm-hmm. you feed him for life. And so I want to teach people how to think like an entrepreneur, not just be their personal Google. And I think most people their entire life, they've just been taught what to think. And in a corporate yeah. environment, it's the same thing. It's like, I'm going to teach you what to do, what, what, what the answer is, what the co- company culture is, what the directives are, and do your job. And, and you just rely, for the most part, of course, it's not universal, you rely, for the most part, on effort and willpower and time and energy. Yeah. You're trading time for dollars. You know, okay, mm-hmm. this is the job. Do what you're told. Follow directions. And that's great. But that, that's not how entrepreneurism works. If it all came down to the harder you work, the more you hustle, then, then we'd all be successful because that's really easy. And we all know people yeah. that are working really hard. They're hustling. They're doing the 14-hour days and they have nothing to show for it. Mm-hmm. Nothing to show for it. So it's, it, in the world of entrepreneurship, mindset is critical. Absolutely. So if, yeah. And I just want to talk about the fact of... Um, you, uh, I've watched something, I watched the digital CEO series that you did, which was amazing. Mm. And also you talked about at the time, the fact of when you're in school and how you're brought up and actually you're right. So much of it is led down. What job are you going to get? What career are you going to have? And what was really fascinating is I never, ever had the intention of having my own business. Not once. Mm. Never crossed my mind. Never thought I'd do it. And then a series of very strange events happened and I got my own business. And I decided that I'd been doing this thing for all these years for other people. Could I could just do this myself. And I was a great employee. I joke that I was a really good employee because I did as I was told. I always met my deadlines. I was very organized. And I used to look at my boss, who was an entrepreneur, who was the business owner. And I used to think, oh my God, you're so disorganized. And why can't you just focus? And then I got my own business. And oh my word, 
I didn't have the faintest idea about what it was like to run a business, what it was like to be an entrepreneur, how to keep yourself driven and motivated. And I got to the point where I've been in marketing for 15 years. I, I learn so much stuff. I take on every course that's going. I, you know, I suck up all this information and I'd got it all. You know, I knew how to do the funnels. I knew how to do the advertising. I knew the lead magnets. I knew all of that stuff. And I was doing it for clients and not for myself. And that's what brought me to you because I knew something was wrong. Like it wasn't a case of I didn't know how to do it. It wasn't a case of I didn't have the tools or the tactics. But for some reason, I wasn't, I'd got all these big ideas in my head, but I just wasn't doing it. And I couldn't work out why. And then, and I can't even think how I discovered you in the first place. I think, because obviously I've told you before that Amy was the one who suggested, Amy Porterfield suggested I did business by design. Um, So maybe it was through one of Amy's podcasts or something she did, or you turned up somewhere with Pat, but I just couldn't, I can't remember how it was, but the minute I started listening to her, I was just like, oh man, this is what (laughs) I've been missing. This Mm. is what I've been not doing wrong, but not acknowledging. I just thought, okay, tick the boxes, got the tools done. Now I can be amazing. And of course it wasn't happening. Yeah. Well, something that you said, I think, um, is really important for your listeners to really get is that most people I see chalk up a lack of results to a lack of knowledge. Yeah. Like the reason I'm not growing my business and the reason I don't have the results I want, the sales, the revenue, the whatever, is because of a lack of knowledge. And this is, I mean, this is really interesting because we've kind of been taught, especially in this industry, that that is actually the problem. Mm -hmm. And so you got to go out there and keep learning and keep, you know, you just don't have the right system yet. And and you got to go get this funnel and you got to go get this process and et cetera, et cetera. And that's, I mean, there's some truth to that. There really is. But notice in what Teresa just shared, I'm speaking to the listeners directly. (laughs) She knew all those things. She knew all those things. And yet was like, why can't I apply this myself? And so that, the, the knowledge, right? The information required, like what you need to know mm-hmm. is like 10% of all of this. And, and the 90 plus, and some people say it's even like 99% is our own you know, psychology or mindset around it. Yeah. And when we, when we have, I mean, there's, and there's so many, I mean, like this just unpacks so much here. But if you're telling yourself, a story that the reason you haven't launched, uh, sold, put it out there, started or whatever is because you're still waiting to connect all the pieces. There's still more information. I'm going to tell you 11 years in. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my goodness. There's still so much I don't know. And if you make your MO about just being the knowledge seeker, the knowledge guy, let me collect, you know, like I'm an, I'm an, a knowledge collector. Um, you will never get to the finish line. You'll never get it all collected. You'll never learn it all because there's so much out there. And then at one point, if it hasn't happened already, there'll be this tipping point where now the information you've acquired and collected now creates more problems. Mm-hmm. There's always a you know, law of diminishing returns. There's, there is such thing as too much of a good thing. And when people get too much information, they get completely overwhelmed. And that is what's really happening on with so many people 
is there's too many options. There's too many, you know, the one solution, the one secret that's going to solve all your problems yeah. that now people are like, I don't know what to choose. And we even need to look at that and say that most people, when they're stuck in this like indecision, they're really operating from a fear. Uh, and it's a fear that they're going to make a mistake. Yeah. And again, that's a lot of it does come down to to fear, like how we're stopping ourselves self-sabotaging is there's a lot of fear. It's fear I'm going to do the wrong thing. Fear I'm going to waste my time. Fear I'm going to fail. Fear I'm going to look bad. Fear I'm going to get criticized. Fear I'm going to look stupid. And because that fear is more prevalent, it tends to like determine a lot of our decisions and the actions we take or inevitably don't take. And so the thing is, is you can be the Encyclopedia Britannica of online business yeah. and have all the information at your disposal, which at the end of the day, we do. We have Google, we have YouTube, yeah. we have, you know, you even said, Teresa, there's so many courses out there. Mm -hmm. So that's just more evidence that knowledge isn't the issue because it's all out there. And but if you're more driven from fear, even if you have all this information, what type of decisions do you think you're going to make out of fear? How do you, what type of results do you think you're going to get when you're operating from fear? You're not going to get very far, that's for sure. And that's what we see is happening with, with most entrepreneurs. And when you've never done it before, of yeah. course, there's going to be fear. Like, Of course, that's natural. But we don't want it to drive your life and to drive the future of your business. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, I think the fear thing for me personally was and is still fairly huge. The, I'm a perfectionist, horrible trait to have. And yeah. because it just stops me from doing everything because I just think, oh, it's not quite right. Even today, interestingly enough, saying about my sore throat, this morning I woke up and thought, oh, I can't do the interview. You know, I've, I've been looking forward to this for <laughs> weeks and weeks, but I sat here going, oh my God, this is like, this is a crucial interview and I can't do it because my voice isn't right. And, you know, so everything kind of steps in the way. It'll give me every excuse under the sun not totally. to do something. And it's I just trying to, it's just trying to protect you, you know? And that, that's the thing is like, it's trying to protect you. I was, mm -hmm. I was in fear about releasing my podcast and it was that fear was trying to protect me. Now, the funny thing is, is it's like, that's really well-intentioned, you know? It's like, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. We don't want you to look like an idiot or do, make some, make the wrong mistake. But the, when you look even closer, you realize that it's not actually protecting you from anything. You're not actually at risk. Like nothing we're doing. I mean, yes, there is more risk in entrepreneurship than a, than a job in one way you look at it. You know, it, yeah. it's a, you can look at it from any perspective. I can sit there and make an argument to say that being an employee is the riskiest thing ever because your paycheck, your money, your, your, your livelihood, your career, your future is in the hands yeah. of, of a boss that just could decide one day, I don't want to run this business anymore. Like that's mm -hmm. the thing is you can even be the hardest working, most like high performance result getting individual in a company. And the boss could just say, I'd like to retire today. And you don't have a job anymore. Yeah. So you're putting a lot of power and control. Again, not saying it's wrong or bad, but in an argument where people say like, you know, entrepreneurship is riskier, it depends how you want to look at it. There's a lot of ways it's not because the way I've always looked at my business, well, not maybe not always, but finally got to a place. And this is the beautiful thing about entrepreneurship is that we are in the driver's seat of our financial destiny. We can create money on demand. If I, if my wife told me, you know, God bless her, that she's like, I want to go buy a $10,000 purse right now. Mm -hmm. You know, the beautiful thing, first of all, I'd be like, whoa, why are purses $10,000? <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's not like that at all, which no. I, I, feel like, <laughs> no. I feel like some, you know, some of my friends' wives are like, well, 
you just had a launch. Let's go buy the, me the most successful handbag uh, or a pair of shoes. But if she did, like the whole thing is, is that I could sit there and say like, great. What could I go sell? What, what could I go offer my, my students or my list or my audience in order to pay for that handbag? And that's creating money on demand. And that's, that's so powerful. But, and that's what people want. I think that's what they want. When we talk about what entrepreneurs want, you know, nine out of 10 of them, it comes down to freedom. And freedom is just this broad word, but freedom is like doing what you want when you want. Yeah. And the thing is, is what everyone has a relationship with money. That's a whole nother topic, right? You know, you have a relationship with your father, you have a relationship with your mother, living or dead. And uh, you have a relationship, just like you have a relationship with them, you have a relationship with money. Some people don't like to look at it. Some people have uncomfortable time letting it go. Some people have a hard time receiving it and everything in between. And you can see, you can start to get a glimpse of what your relationship is money when, with money when you look at your bank account. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, if you want to be a successful entrepreneur, the game we play is counted. The points are counted in money. Yeah. And so if you have a bad relationship with money, you're going to be losing this game that you decided to play. But that's what people want is they want this freedom. And, and a lot of that freedom comes when you have the ability, you've mastered that ability to create money on demand. Money to go, hey, I want to go on this trip or hey, I want to take some time off or hey, I want to do this. And you have the money to do it. You have the res- resources to do it. But that's what people want. And they want all of the good stuff but they don't realize what they're also, most entrepreneurs don't realize what they're also signing up for no. when they say, yes, I want that. And yeah. a part of what they're signing up for with freedom is that there is no inherent structure. There's just this empty void of uncertainty. It's like you're looking at every day in front of you as this blank, white, empty canvas. And to some people, most people, I think that's really scary because mm-hmm. It's like, in, as an employee, there's a lot of structure. It's like, Teresa, I got this job for you. Here's exactly what to do. Here's why I want you to do it. Here's the right way to do it. Here's what not to do. Do these steps, follow these instructions. And every time you do this, you're going to get rewarded. You're going to get money. You're going to get incentivized. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, okay, great. Just do this. There's so much like comfort and that's really nice things in that. Entrepreneurship, there's not. There is not. Even if you take 100 courses, it's like, nope. You're starting with a blank, empty canvas. And you can either choose to look at that as, oh no, what do I do? I'm scared. I'm uncertain. There's no plan. There's no path. There's no structure. Mm. Or you can choose to look at what I believe all successful entrepreneurs do is they look at that blank canvas, they stare at that blank canvas right in front of them, and they go, wow, anything is possible. Yeah. Anything is possible. I can do anything with this. And that's, you know, that's really the difference. And and that's what we're signing up for is like you're you're operating in a lot of uncertainty all day long and that's what resilience is and that's why it's so important as an entrepreneur is how comfortable can you be in that uncertainty you know i can fill my day with all kinds of things on the calendar to distract me and that's what most people are doing they're they're staying busy in their business to distract themselves from the five percent of activities of what they should really be focusing Mm -hmm. on and so it's really easy for me to just fill my day with stuff that'll keep me busy. But can you get present to the fact that like, there's only a few things you actually need to do to grow your business. And um, no one's going to really tell you what those are. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and you got to be, be willing to just go out and do them. Yeah. So I wanted to touch on um, 
when I started listening to you, and you, this is kind of a bit cringe with you, I apologise, proper fangirling now, but I literally feel like you've changed not only me as a person, my business, but also my life. And even now, and this is amazing, and it's so silly, but it is amazing. My husband, he's in the military, has been for 24 years. He's an engineer in the military. So him and I coming together, we've only been together about five years. When we came together, my world and his, could not be further apart. Mm. And then the new world I'm moving into and understanding more of the stuff I'm doing with you and business by design and next level, again, is a real stretch for him in terms of where he's lived in his, you know, his whole world. And he started listening to your podcast as well. And I have to say, I am so excited because he just, he is like, oh my God, there's this and there's this. And and some of the things that you've said that have changed my world, mm. um, I just want to touch on some of those things and just get yeah. you to kind of say what your thoughts are around them. So, Let's do it. So, That's awesome, by the way. I, I love hearing that. I really do. Oh, honestly. And do you know what? He's entered your competition because you're, you're, in fact, it's just closed, hasn't it, to come yes, to Laguna. And yep. he came to Laguna with me when I went in October and on the last day of the event, when it finished, Chelsea and Jilly were in the bar and we sat and had a drink with them, which was so lovely. And yeah, he is, he's totally bought into all this. He's very excited. And hopefully the scary thing for him is he has just handed his notice in. So wow. he has to give 12 months notice. Like I said, he's been in the Air Force for sort of 25 years. It's a huge step for him. He's very nervous, understandably, and ideally we want him to come and work in the business. Mm, so we've got to see now how, how, what can I do and what can we do over the next sort of 12 months? And one of the things that's on my list is um, you say that you drastically overestimate what you can do in a day and <laughs> underestimate what you can do in 12 months. So I'm putting that one to the test because ideally we want him in the business in 12 months. But yeah, so no, it's awesome. I'm so excited. So, okay. So some of the things that you've said that I've gone boof and my head has exploded and then yeah. you start to get your head around it and go, that's amazing. So the first thing I remember hearing you say is talking about the fact that you don't have to hustle. You don't have to work 24 seven and it doesn't, no longer does your time equal money, which is what it does in a, in a workplace. So can you just touch on that? Yeah, I'm going to touch on this from many different aspects because unfortunately too, you see successful people saying this, like you got to hustle mm-hmm. till your eyeballs bleed. Yeah. I saw, I went to a gym once at a hotel, you know, I was at a conference and it was like, what was it? it was like, you know, like that quote, like no pain, no gain. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, maybe that applies at the gym, you know, cause you like want to like reach that last rep. Um, and then there's like nothing worth, pers- nothing is worth pursuing that doesn't take sacrifice or something like that. And it's like, um, no, false. It's just, it's just not true. At the end of the day, how you see business determines what is possible for you. You're creating the rules of the game, okay? So if you say you have to work hard, you have to hustle to be successful, guess what? You've just, cre- again, remember blank canvas, right? If you guys keep that in mind, uh, keep that, that we are creating from a blank canvas, so the first thing you're putting on your canvas is that you have to work hard to be successful. Yeah. Well, then that means the moment you say that, and the moment you believe that, and for most people, it doesn't show up as a belief. It shows up as the fact, the way it is. The sky is blue. The sun sets and rises every day, and you have to work hard to be successful. And when you do that, it means it can be no other way, which means the only way you'll operate and show up is through hard work. It's through hustle. And 
the thing is, is that is bringing in the employee mindset into entrepreneurship. Your value, what you bring to the world, how you get paid, yeah. has, it, can, it can be hard work. Like again, I started out and I was a, a mobile bartender. So I was a bartender and then I became a mobile bartender. And I was getting paid to mix drinks for people at, at parties and stuff and weddings and birthdays and stuff. And that took work, okay? But that's not what got me the jobs. Mm-hmm. That's not what got me paid. And that's the funny thing is people think, well, if I just become a better bartender, if I just work a little bit harder and a little bit faster, I'll make more money. No. What made me money was I figured out, I asked myself, how can I get found? How can I put myself in front of ideal clients? Mm -hmm. And this is, you know, this is like 15, 14 years ago uh, before I started my online business. And it was like, oh, I researched how to do SEO and, you know, got in front of you know, in Google, you type in Orange County bartender, and bam, I was number one result, right? Yeah. And, and it was that. It was spending, you know, 30 minutes there figuring out, oh, how can I get found? That's, those are the things that was generating the money for me, right? That was getting me clients. That was allowing me to raise my prices. And that's an interesting thing right there is one of the easiest ways that anybody here listening can make more money in their business would be to raise your prices. Raise your prices, now, let's just look at that for a moment because this is one of my favorite conversations to have yep. is that raising your prices, let's look at the physical act of raising your prices. If I asked everyone here, hey, go raise your prices, mm-hmm. what are the actions that you would have to take? It's like step one, go log into your website or your landing page software, or whatever it is where your, your rates are and change the numbers. You know, like delete, add some numbers, save. Like that's the the physical action steps that it takes. Probably more, one of the most simplest things that you can do. Yeah. But how hard do we make that? Uh, so <laughs> oh, I can't, oh, I can't. I'm afraid. So and, oh, <laughs> you know, we just make it so hard. But if I just told you that that can be one of the easiest ways that you can make more money is just to raise your prices. Notice how we're so ingrained in this. You got to work hard to make money. You got to work hard to, to be successful that we even make raising our prices hard. And it's so mm-hmm. simple. Because you can always change it back. Add a zero. See what? See how hard it is to just add a zero to whatever you sell. That took no work and effort at all, right? And yeah. there is someone out there that will pay it. Maybe you're not in front of them yet. Maybe they haven't found you, or you haven't found them yet. But it doesn't. It isn't. It isn't uh, this this hustle and, and effort. Now there's a deeper conversation that we can begin to have. Yeah. The next the next level is on. You know what? What I was really touching on here is that there's just five percent of activities on your to-do list that are directly responsible for the, the results that you want. Money, sales, customers, impact, yeah. 5%. And so you can work hard and hustle on the 95% of other activities and not get any results. So it just mm-hmm. it doesn't come down to it. Now, again, I do want to emphasize that it, I'm not saying be lazy and I'm not saying it no. won't be challenging and hard. I'm saying if you think your superpower, if you think the number one criteria that's going to make you successful is that you're just going to work harder and longer than the next person, I want you to get that you are so much more than that. Yeah. Every single person listening, you are so much more than just your work ethic. How, how many hours you slave away. You are, you're capable of so much more. And to sum you up as your worth and value as a human being, it comes down to, how long you're willing to work in a given day and how fast you're willing to work is nonsense. You're so much more than that. 
And so if we want to take this down into a, an even deeper conversation, where I like to go is that if we're talking about um, hard work or, and hustle and sacrifice is, is not uh, the, the, the number one factor or essential ingredient for your success, well, what it, how do we measure success? Mm-hmm. And the way we measure it is income and impact. And that's our business. Now, everyone yeah. has, that's the funny thing is like the, the fallacy in saying all that is that like, well, what does success mean to you? Everyone needs to have their own definition of it. And it's what's important to us. And to me, success is getting what's important to you with as less, the, uh, the least amount of work and effort as possible. So yeah. for us, it's income and impact. How can we make more money and have a bigger impact? Because you can't have one without the other. In fact, the more money we make, the more impact we can create. I can build a bigger team. I can spend more on Facebook ads. I can run more marketing campaigns. I can do all yeah. of that stuff. It's a tool, right? Um, and it's also an indicator of the impact. So they go hand in hand so beautifully well. Mm-hmm. So we talk about money, we talk about impact. Uh, sorry, we'll talk about money, we talk about income. Money is energy. And we'll go back to this relationship with money. Yeah. You can be the hardest, and I've seen it, I've seen it time and time again, you can be the hardest working entrepreneur on the internet. And if you have the worst relationship with money, like, what would that look like? Like, um, telling yourself stories like, I don't deserve money. Mm-hmm. I'm taking away, like a lot of people feel a lot of guilt when they charge high prices. I'm taking away money from somebody else. Yeah. Um, you know, that whole like money doesn't grow on trees and yeah. come easy go. Like all these beliefs and stories, this relationship, a lot of them we get from our parents and our environment growing up. And I want to keep that in mind, by the way, you, you get our mm-hmm. stories and relationship and mindset around money from a very young age, mm-hmm. mostly from our parents. And there has been more change in our world in one generation than I think the last 20 generations, right? Or at least the last 100 years. So to adopt your parents' uh, model of money in today's society and where we're going is very dangerous because it's just so different today. The, The world, the landscape is so completely different that you're running a broken model. Mm-hmm. If you keep holding on to those stories, so money is energy. Uh, monergy, money is consciousness, and most people just have a really poor relationship with money. And because they have a poor relationship with money, they rely on this this uh, work eth- eth- uh, sweat equity and work yeah. ethic, just pushing harder and faster and longer as their only means. And I know we're getting into like some intellectual and intangible and theoretical stuff, so I'm more than happy to ground this and make it more specific. But at the end of the day, my business has continued to grow by leaps and bounds every year, which means more money, more impact, and I'm working less each and every year. So yeah. we it's, have to break that model of, of hustle is the secret to success. It's so good. And you know what else is really interesting is sometimes in our own businesses. So for instance, let's say it's my daughter's nativity play and I'm going to take the afternoon off. I even feel bad. Like, what is that about? You know, that's just such a crazy thing to think about when often we come into having our own businesses for that freedom. And one thing that I love seeing with you and what you do is the fact that you'll surf a lot. You know, you live in very beautiful Laguna Beach, so you're very lucky there, right on the water. And 
why not? Like, why should you not be able to do that? Who says that you've got to be, and like you said, don't get you wrong, you know, you've worked hard and you, you are very smart with how you work, but why should you be tied to your desk, you know, from seven till seven every single day in order to have a successful business? Yeah. That is not, that's not successful in your life, is it? That's not making your life an enjoyable place to be really, is it? Well, it's not. It's just interesting what you said about like feeling bad when you take mm-hmm. time off. And this is a very common thing for entrepreneurs at every level. And what I want to offer here is that I want people to recognize this. Like, if this beca- if this was like the only thing people took away from this episode, I think this would be extremely valuable mm-hmm. because you want to notice when you start taking time off how you feel. Do you feel guilty? Do you feel bad? I'm going to tell you right now. This is a form of fear. Uh, showing up and it's and it's just an indicator of like we're really already sabotaging ourselves in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. because what's happening is first of all it's so easy to stop at the end of the day when you're an employee you just clock out and you mentally and physically have clocked out you know and entrepreneurship if you don't do that the business is on your mind all day all night you can't sleep you can't take your mind off it and that's like super detrimental um, also, that doesn't inspire creativity, innovation, new ideas, new possibilities. So that's why it's also going to really hurt you. Mm-hmm. But there's something I want to offer here. And it's that one of the reasons why people are hustling so much is they found... Remember what I said is that entrepreneurship is like living in this like realm of uncertainty and how comfortable you can get with it. Well, people have used work and hustle as a coping mechanism. In other words... I don't know what to do. There's a blank canvas staring at me, almost like this blank void of there's no plan, there's no path, there's no certainty. So if I just stay busy, yeah. if I just keep moving, I can distract myself from the fact that I don't have a plan or a path or I'm not, there's things I need to be doing that scare the crap out of me. Those 5% activities, yeah. revenue generating activities are usually for most people listening are outside your comfort zone. They're things you've never done before. They're things that put you at risk. And I mean like your reputation, what people think of you, what they say. And so it's so much safer and so much easier to just stay busy, to just focus, keep your head down and focus on the thing in front of you and just work, 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 work. Yeah. And, and that's, it's a, it's a form of laziness. It's lazy thinking. It's totally lazy thinking. Um, and, and I used to do that as well. And so what we have to do is, is I really want people to notice that it's just catch themselves when like every time they stop for like their, you know, their daughter's recital or play and they feel bad or guilty that, uh, this is a really opportunity, huge opportunity for some massive like breakthroughs, um, in your life. For me, what really helped with that was understanding what our value really is in our business. Mm-hmm. Now it's different for everybody. Okay. But that's a great question to be asking. What is my value? Really? What is my value? And it's a couple different ways we can ask this. What is the thing that I and only I can do? What is my unique superpower? Mm-hmm. What, is the, what is the thing that's going to, what is the highest level activity or result that I can be responsible for? And to really ask yourself these questions. Because what's starting to come up for me is that being the digital CEO and being the role that I am today mm-hmm. is so much about the vision. 
yeah. and the innovation and the new ideas and the new possibilities. And chances are that's what it is for you as well at some level. And that, those results don't get done in the work. They get done in the rest. Yeah. Have you ever noticed why the best ideas come to us when we're in the shower or we're on a long drive? Yeah, yeah. It's because those are the times when your mind is not focused on the problem or the task in front of you. The mind is left open to daydreaming, to imagination, to creativity. And when your head is down and you're on the factory floor all day putting the, the nut on the bolt and screwing it in and next one, next, busy, 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 but look how hard I'm working and look how fast I'm making this happen and blah, blah, blah. You're not putting your creative, imaginative, problem-solving, innovative mind at work. Yeah. And so I told myself a long time ago, because I noticed myself getting guilty, is the rest is the work. Because mm. if I'm not innovating, if I'm not dreaming bigger and thinking bigger, if I'm not focusing on what's the next thing that we're up to, who is? Yeah. Who is going to do that? If you're not doing it, you can't outsource that. You can't outsource the work of the CEO to somebody else. Hey, I'd like you to just yeah. be responsible for all innovations, for all you know, goal setting and all the big planning. You just, you can't do that. That's going to be you. So if you're not doing it, who is? And like you said, if you're in the weeds doing all the work, then when do you get a chance to do that? So I love yeah. that. Now so that, let's bring in something else there that you, cause you yeah. just said people say, this all sounds great, Teresa. This sounds great, James, but I'm just starting out. I'm on a shoestring budget. I yeah. can't afford, I gotta, I gotta do it all myself. I gotta spend 12 hours a day uh, in the weeds and I'm just going to say a couple things here because it's the big objection. And it's just, mm -hmm. first of all, it's not true. This is you operating from your current circumstances. Now, your current circumstances, which is like, I don't have the time and I don't have the money. If you operate from your current circumstances, you repeat your current circumstances and you stay in a vicious cycle, you remain stuck. This is why so many people stay stuck because your current circumstances, like the amount of time, money, resources, whatever you have at your disposal now, who do you think created that, right? Like, how did yeah. you get there? How did you wind up with the amount of time and money that you have right now? Mm -hmm. Do you think that you're a victim and someone just spewed this onto your life? <laughs> that you have no control? Yeah. That you have no say in how your life goes? That is victim mentality. And when you remain a victim, you have no I mean, it's an illusion. The power is always there, but you believe, you buy into this belief that's false, that you have no power, that you have no responsibility to create your life as you will. It's like looking at a blank canvas and having your hands and the blank canvas is your life and your hands are tied behind your back saying, sorry, I, I can't actually paint this. I'll yeah. let someone else do it. No, it's your life, <laughs> your life. And this is, and this is your business. And you're, if you're letting your, current circumstances dictate your thinking, your actions, your behaviors, determining what's possible for you, you repeat your circumstances because your current circumstances are a result of your past thinking and acting. Mm -hmm. it's, what got, it's what got you here. Yeah. Right? It, well, how you were thinking and acting and believing in the past got you to the current circumstances. And so what ultimately is happening is your past is creating your future. So if your past is creating your future... Uh, you'll think you're changing. You'll think you're doing something different, but you're not. You're getting the same thing over and over and over again. This is why people never change. This is also why like New Year's resolutions just die yeah. by the end of yeah. January, right? Yeah. And so the first thing I want to say here 
uh, or like the hundred thing I want to say <laughs> is that if you can't afford to hire someone, if you can't afford to outsource, it's simply because you haven't been outsourcing. You haven't been yeah. delegating. The very act of saying, I don't have the money, therefore I'll do it myself is the thing that would be keeping you broke. Because when you have to do it yourself, all of your life force, your time, your effort, your energy is going to a $5 an hour activity, yeah, which means yeah. the business is only making $5 and you can't survive off of that $5. And so you go, crap, we're not making my money. So I need to work more. And it goes back to that. Oh, if I work harder and longer, then hopefully one day I'll be successful mm-hmm. mentality. And that's not true. If I, if I told you earlier, there's only 5% of activities that are directly responsible for the for the growth of your business, the revenue generating activities come down to just 5% of that, that to-do list. How are you supposed to spend 100% of your time on those activities when you're spending all your time on the other stuff? Yeah. And at the end of the day, when you realize that you can hire a virtual assistant for just a couple dollars an hour, three, five, six dollars an hour, and that can give you an hour, two hours, three hours of your day back. Can you imagine what becomes possible when you get an hour a day back in your business, that's one hour more that you can now spend on the revenue generating activities. It's an hour a day. That's five hours a week. What is that? 20 hours a month. Yeah. It's like you're, that's how you create time. And most people aren't willing to do this. And it's because they're living conditionally. They're saying, well, once I have more money, yeah. then I can hire. Once I've built the business further, then I can bring this on. And unfortunately, it's backwards. Mm-hmm. It's backwards. Because they're waiting for everything to change before they're willing to change. And it and, always always starts from within first. And it, you know, you've just said so many of the things that are on my list in terms of some of the things that um, are some of the biggest shifting in my mind. Mm-hmm. So one of the things you just touched on there was the fact that you're responsible. And you did, and I can't remember whether it was on a call or whether it was on a podcast, but you talked about the fact that we are 100% responsible yeah. for everything. I think it was in the course of Business by Design, actually. You even, um, and it's a really hard concept to get your head around because we do blame other things and other people. And oh. I have to say, not, and I don't think for one second my mum ever would listen to this, but I have bought, been brought up by a bit of a martyr, you know, so I have to watch myself because she she has, you know, quite martyristic traits so it's you know and there are lots of people in my world where it's always someone else's fault so you talked about the fact that you are a hundred percent responsible for everything literally everything so you know the fact that you touched on that in terms of this scenario that like you said if if it you're sat in a position going well I haven't got time for that or I'm too busy for that or I haven't you know I can't do that well that's whose fault is that and this isn't about laying blame it's about I guess awakening you to the fact that well if I put myself here I can change myself you know I can get somewhere different so the other thing that um came off that and from what you said was and one thing that again is really interesting is the visualization is the looking forward and the thinking, this is how I want to be. And you have this great saying of F the how for now, because mm-hmm. your instant reaction is to go, well, you know, I, I, well, how, how am I going to do that? In fact, today I was just doing some work on uh, going through traction, which is a book that you recommend oh. and I'll link up to it in the show notes. And one of the things it talked about was your 10 year goal never even thought about it. And you know, I, I, I'm almost hesitant to tell you what I was, um, what I wrote down, but my 10 year goal. Does it scares you? Oh my God. It literally, I think I've lost my mind. So 
it jumped into my head before I even thought about it, which again is something you've talked about. And it was 10 million to turn over 10 million in 10 years. As in when I met, hit 10 years, I'm turning over 10 million. And, and uh, is that starting now, 10 years from now or 10, 10 years, years, 10 years from, from now. Yeah. Okay. So here, and here's something that's so silly is like, we're very close to 10 million. And um, I've been doing this for 11 years. Yeah. And wherever you are, forever many years you are, yeah. you're light years ahead of where I was. And so even 10 years is like, that's yeah. easy. That's, it's actually really easy from where you are now. You know, obviously, you don't even know what 10 years looks like in terms no. of evolution and growth. Yeah, I think it's going to even happen faster than that. But it's so funny. We're like, yeah, you saying this to most average people and they think you're crazy. And it's like, would. Um, I would say we did it in about 11 years. We're very close now with 11 years. But first of those five years, we're struggling to just make a dollar. Yeah. You know, and so once I figured out how to make a dollar, that was in five, six years, we've gotten this close to 10, 10 million. You know what I mean? It's like, that's yeah. not even a... That's not even like anything I would call uh, slightly crazy, <laughs> you know, which is so funny. Like, it is. like yeah, that's totally doable. Because like, I'm sat there like about to write it down. I said to my husband, oh my God, you know, what I just thought. And if James is here, he'd say just, you know, well, that came into your head. It's got to be that. And I was like, that's too much. So instantly the fear in me went to a million, like jumped from 10 down to a million. And luckily I thought to myself, no, this is ridiculous. You're yeah. right, 10 million. Because yeah. 10 million in 10 years, and 10 years, like you said, is a hugely long time. Yeah. You know, the world and how it can look and where we can be and what we can be doing is, well, the possibilities are endless, aren't they? So Totally. Yeah. And, and, and what I think you're also getting to as well, this F the how for now, is that like, okay, mm -hmm. it scares us. Great. Can mm -hmm. you stick with the fear a little bit? Can you just kind of like be present to it and, and just not, ignore it not like oh okay i'll just take it down to a million yeah and then also what a lot of people do most of us do i'm very fascinated with this concept and this is just powerful is people say okay i want this thing and it pops up in their brain and then the second thing it immediately happens right after and you guys can start to notice when you do this you go okay so how do i do it and yeah. if the answer is i don't know then people immediately say therefore it's not possible mm-hmm and that's why I say F the how for now. Just because you don't know how does not mean it's not possible. It doesn't. Like, yeah. That's such a crazy concept to me. It's like, wait a second. Whoa, 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 whoa. You don't need to know how in order to hold the possibility of it. Because the longer you hold the possibility of it, the longer you sit with the vision and the outcome and not make it wrong, not, not tear it down, not be in fear around it, mm -hmm. the faster the answers and the clarity on the how will come in. I guarantee you, you just sit with it and be okay not knowing how. Because otherwise, you'll never know. Mm -hmm. You'll never know how if you immediately say it can't be done. If you're operating from this idea of it's not possible, it's not possible, it's not possible, well, then when you're right, you're right. Because how you see business determines what's possible. How you see yourself yeah. determines what's possible. So if you say this business isn't possible, then you're right. And you'll never find the way. But if you sat yeah. there and said, instead which is what the successful entrepreneurs do. I want to do this crazy thing. I don't know how in the hell I'm going to do it, but I know that I am. I'll find yeah. the way. I'll figure it out. It will come to me. The right solutions, answers, and clarity, plan, plan and path 
will present itself and I'll know it when I see it. Holy cow, that's powerful. Yeah. Okay, that's huge. And that is taking responsibility for your life, which most, look, I don't think you can be a successful entrepreneur and not take responsibility for your life. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing, the funny thing is, is you all are already responsible for your life. You are. The question is, is are you choosing to operate from being responsible or are you choosing to live in a false belief that you are a victim and everything that you have in your reality is something that others have done to you? Mm-hmm. Our president did this. Uh, our economy yeah. did. You know, uh, this has all been done to you by others. Uh, that's an illusion. It's a total lie. And the reason why that's a very dangerous lie to believe is because the moment you blame, the moment you play victim, the moment you say, no, 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 I am this way. My business is this way because of someone or something else. Mm-hmm. What people don't realize is the moment you do that, you also give away all power to change it. Yeah. If, if it's because of, if your life is the way it is because of any other person, including your spouse, <laughs> then you're doomed. You've doomed yourself because you're also declaring that there's nothing that you can do about your life. If other people determine how your life goes, you do not have the power to create it. And that's simply not true. Those are all illusions, lies, and beliefs we tell ourselves because taking that responsibility is scary. It's yeah. a, it is, a, ironically, a massive amount of responsibility to take mm-hmm. responsibility for your life because you have to take a good hard look and say everything you created, everything, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it, and it's easy to take credit for the good parts, but it's really hard like, yeah. to sit there and say, okay, what was my role in this? How did I create this? How am I responsible? What's my part in this? And the things that are, you know, we don't like in our life, that's a really hard pill for most to swallow. But that's the pill of personal power. And mm. you can't create the life of your dreams, the freedom, the financial income impact that you want without first having that that personal power and you're so right it's so hard to sit there we're more than happy to take credit for the good things all us we did it but to sit there and go actually that was me for the stuff that we're not so happy about much easier to blame parents blame siblings blame husbands blame the economy you know, blame everyone else but ourselves because then we don't have to admit that A, it was our fault or our doing and B, that we can change it. And another thing that you say um, to touch on that was um, you talked about the fact of trying to find an example of someone who's doing it. So when you said, you know, it's the economy, it's the president, it's whatever it is. Well, so does that mean there's no one in the world who's being successful at the moment? Does that mean that there is no other person who you know, is in this position like me that is not doing a good job. And actually there are always examples of people who are making it and doing it and achieving those things, aren't there? Yeah. I I mean, uh, and I've said this before on my podcast and it really stirs up some good, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, controversy is that we're also just arguing for our limitations when we do that. You argue for your limitations, you get to keep them, right? And so, Something to just really try on is whatever you're telling yourself right now about why it's not possible for you. It's like, you know, a lot of times people say, well, easy for you, James, you have a team, mm-hmm. right? Yep. It's like, but I started exactly where you did or worse, you know? Um, 
And that's something to really consider is that there is somebody out there that had less time, um, more problems, more kids, right? They have more kids. They're more pain in the butt, unsupportive husband. Um, They had uh, less time, uh, less money, more in debt, uh, less resources, less knowledge. There's someone out there that had more problems than you and less resources than you, and they made it possible. Yeah. Period. And it's because they chose, this is what it all comes down to, by the way. They chose to tell a better story than you. Yeah. Like you, you know, when I use this analogy of the blank canvas, I, I like to go between you're the, you know, you're the artist painting your life. You're creating it how you want. So you can either create, uh, paint on your canvas, no time, no money, no resources, mm-hmm. stay stuck. Um, and also this analogy of like, you're the, you know, you, people have heard this before, like you're the author of your life mm-hmm. and you can write you can write the story any way you want. How you, the story you tell is the story you experience. Um, and they're just simply telling a better story. And that's something I had to do. That my story shifted. And when I st- shifted my story, because see, most people, when they, they hear, you know, we have this multi, almost uh, eight-figure business, multi-million dollar business, and they just hear that and they go, oh, well, there yeah. must be something special about James or he was born with a skill or a trait that I just don't have. And mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe you know, someday, one day, but I look back and it was like, no, I remember I struggled for four or five. I struggled bad, like really bad. Like it was tough. And I was the smartest person I knew and I couldn't, the hardest working person I knew I couldn't figure it out. Mm -hmm. And what shifted was when I told a different story and the story shifted at my lowest point. I mean, like I was at a really rock bottom low, nothing was working. I was just so broke it wasn't even funny. I had to move back in with my parents. And I remember a particularly frustrating night when I had just pounded my keyboard because I was so angry and I broke it. Like a key came popping off of it. I'm like, great. And so I went outside and I went to go just yell up at the stars, like just scream. Mm-hmm. And I didn't simply because we had neighbors and I didn't want them to call the cops or freak out. So it was kind of this like silent scream and I'm like clenching my fist. And a thought popped into my mind. And I'll never forget this because it changed everything. It was a pinnacle turning point for me because I just a simple thought in so much anger and impatience. I was frustration was really what it was. And I said to myself, this thought that just popped in, it said, at least one day I'll get to tell this story. Mm -hmm. And that was all it took because in that moment, my story began to shift. My story shifted from why isn't this working? This is too frustrating. I'm working too much, too long. It's not working. I don't know how much longer I can keep this up to a story of my success is inevitable. One day I'll tell this story. This is just part of my story. You go watch a movie and every movie has a problem Mm -hmm. and a cliffhanger where the protagonist reaches that low point where it's like the, the lowest worst point and everything's either going to go really bad or it's going to turn out and it always turns out well. And so we're all living that same story. But we get to choose when we want to change it from the low point into the, you know, to the yeah. happily ever after. And what if whatever's going on right now for you is just that drama. It's just that yeah. climax. It's just that, that tension in the movie. And it'll all be over soon. And everyone has a happy ending. Uh, but you got you have to start telling that new story first, and yeah. that was everything shifted for me. As I said, hey, one day I'll tell this, and I do, and I, I tell it all the time. And look at me doing and, what I thought I was going to do years ago. I started creating a new story, and it started happening. 
that's a, it's just so cool isn't it and you have this other thing that you, I heard you say and it was so funny because it was in a you were speaking to someone at, at the event and they kept basically saying I would do this but and I could do this but and they kept giving you all these reasons why it was so hard and you immediately turned around and went but what if it was easy and and it's just it seems like such a simple thing to say but something that people wouldn't ordinarily say to themselves because what if it was what if I told myself the story that no this is easy this is how you do it and and it's it's just in your head. It's just your head stopping you because like you said, the putting, putting up prices is a great example because the physical aspect of doing it is the most simplest thing in the world. Right. It's your head going, Oh, but this and this, and I can't, and this, and then you would say how hard it is for you to put up your prices. Well, it's not, it's really easy. You just need to tell your mind it's just easy. So yeah, I love that one. Okay. Now I'm really aware of your time and you've been so generous with it. So one last one, because again, it's a really, um, it's one I really struggled with and I still struggle a little bit with it. Um, but it's living in abundance. Um, the way you talk about the fact of to uh, the money mindset, because again, I was brought up very much on money doesn't grow on trees. We don't deserve this. We won't have this. We will never have it. Yeah. Um, and it was so funny because I saw my family over Christmas and my dad and I uh, were talking and, and he was kind of a bit laughing about the fact of where I am in my life now and how my, uh, my level of expectation about what I earn and what the business brings me and his level are two very different things. And, you know, he's like, if I've got five pound in my pocket, I feel like I'm winning. And, you know, and he kind of, we laughed about it and it was funny, but you know, my mindset has come from that. So to live in this world of abundance where you give it and you know, it's coming in return and you have faith that, it's going to be fine and all right is is one that I'd love you to touch on because it is something that I'm still working on and I think for lots of people that's probably an area they could do or could make a big difference in their life absolutely and I think we could create an entire hour just from this yeah just on this yeah you know I grew up with that um my dad grew up out of the great depression Mm -hmm. um and I grew up with you know and a lot of what I teach is because of my dad um he was total lack mindset and still is. I mean, yeah. he still is, you know, like you're not here to convince anybody else how to see the world. I just put out my message. Like I, I stopped trying to convince my dad otherwise. And you know, he can, he gets to choose how he thinks, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it's not our job to fix or change anybody. When you realize how hard it is to change yourself, you can only imagine how hard it is to try and change somebody else. Right. Yeah. So, um, but he grew up out of the great depression. So I grew up with things like if you left the door open, you'd get yelled at because you're letting the heat out and the heat costs money. If you leave a room, you better turn those lights off (laughs) because, oh my goodness, that extra seven cents it's going to cost you in your electricity bill. Um, oh my gosh. Now some people just scoff at this and say like, well, you're just being wasteful. And it's, um, no, it's, it's good to be, you know, um, not have a huge impact on the environment and be, negligent and wasteful yeah. but for mo- for the most part things like this are coming out of a fear of lack and scarcity and that's what my dad really was raised in where there was no money i mean the great depression there was no money and his parents were immigrants and so um he grew up in a lot of poverty and even though my dad became financially successful 
uh, to a certain degree, there was still, there's still a massive amount of that. And then, so I noticed that in me, I noticed that I just adopted that. And the fact is, is abundance is all around us. We are trained to operate from lack. Mm-hmm. And this, I mean, this is a really hard concept to grasp. I mean, there's entire books written about this. And so I, that's the first really big leg on my journey that I had to shift was if I wanted to be financially successful, I had to change my relationship with, uh, with money and, and adopt a more abundant mindset. And what it is, is it's a choice. Like right now, as you're listening, people are listening and maybe they're in their car. Mm-hmm. And if you're driving in your car, do you notice, or maybe you're sitting down at your desk, do you notice the seat beneath you? Do you notice how it feels as you sit in the seat that you're sitting in? And most people don't realize it until I call their attention to it. Mm-hmm. And so this is just more evidence that your conscious awareness can only focus on a few things at a time, right? And so until I told you about the chair, you probably weren't noticing how it feels. Yeah. You know, um, well, why is this relevant? Because even though these things exist, like the chair always existed, yeah. you didn't really pay attention to it consciously until I brought your attention to it. And so where you put your attention is everything. So if you're constantly putting your attention on lack, that's what you tend to get more of. What you focus your energy on is what you get back. But just like the chair, there's abundance all around us. Mm-hmm. There is evidence of more than enough of stuff all around us. All around us. All around us. Like you just start looking. So that's really the first step in the work is just like I put your attention back on the feeling of the chairs. Can you consciously and deliberately start to put your attention on the things that are around you right now that you have an abundance of? Mm -hmm. You know, I I posted about how lack and limitation is an illusion um, that people are choosing to believe in on my Instagram. And someone replied back and it says, you know, I hear what you're saying, but it's really hard to ignore the fact that I have to choose between like what I eat or paying my bills every month. And my reply back was, do you know how many people in the world don't even have the luxury of that choice? Yeah. Yeah. That you have a house, a roof over your head, Mm -hmm. that you have heat, running water, and a toilet. And we were in, my wife and I were in Africa this summer um, mm. in Kenya. And we, we got a tour of the villages of where these families that got, um, I mean, it's a whole, whole I'll, I'll keep the story short, but a whole travesty of how they got displaced from their homes. And they're living in dirt huts that are just like the size of the office I'm in right now. And, they're, and they have seven yeah. you know, family members. And we are choosing to put our attention on here's what I don't have yeah. versus in that moment, you could still say, Hey, look at what I do have. Look at the abundance all around you. And that's a choice. It's a lens. It's a filter that you can choose to look at the world from it's not mm-hmm. right or wrong. Okay. It's, are you going to look at the world through, let me find more evidence of the abundance all around me. There's an abundance of air that we can breathe. Let's start with that. You can all take a breath right now. And there's no shortage of air coming into your lungs. Mm-hmm. Boom. Abundance. It's all around you. You are alive. Accept yeah. it. Okay. And then we can say, wow, I have all the water I can drink for most of us listening. Yeah. You know, 
um, and the food that I can eat. I look at the ocean every day because I live at the beach and I go, look at how much water there is. I mean, like, and there's like a great analogy. I think maybe you've heard this quote of like, you know, people ask for a little bit and, and it's basically when they're asking for something, it's like scooping in a, th- a thimble of water into the ocean. That's how small people think in comparison to how, like, how abundant the world is, how yeah. abundant the universe is. When someone asks for something, they're asking for like a thimble of water in a sea of abundance. And I just like look at the ocean every day and I remind myself of that. I'm like, there's, there's so much more out there. And when it comes to things like money, people look in terms of fixed, of like a fixed finite number, like a fixed pie. Yeah. So if, if Teresa wants to grow her business to 10 million, mm-hmm. she wants to be very careful that she doesn't think that she's taking that 10 million from somebody else. Cause that's just not true. It's not true. And, and that's another way in which we operate from lack. So abundance is all around us and, and we can look for it in every single different way even the simple things yeah um and it really just starts to feel really really good abundance doesn't necessarily have to deal with just money because money is a tool for stuff right yeah and and it's not the only tool we have at our disposal it's it's a tool to help us get what we want you know more freedom more happiness whatever it but it doesn't it doesn't like uh it's they're not prerequisites Right. Yeah. The money is a is a tool to, you know, pay the bills and stuff like that. But there's so there's so much more abundance of everything else, like abundance of relationships. Like the amount of people that you could connect with today that could give you what you need, the the information, yeah. the resources, the other connections, they're all right in front of you. So many people, you know, even just like when we look at other people that are successful, people tend to go, oh. Why, yeah, why them, yeah. not me? And we, yeah, we yeah. beat ourselves up when we compare ourselves. It's like, yeah. whoa, wait a second. Like, this is something I constantly remember, remind our coaching clients. Is I'm like, mm-hmm. every time someone shares a win, every time someone else becomes more successful, you realize you're just, you're connected to that person. You're one phone call, text message, PM away from gaining and downloading their experience, insight, and wisdom. That's abundance, an abundance of knowledge, an abundance of connections and relationships, an abundance of support. I mean, it's all around us, but it's, it's a choice. And we've been trained our whole lives. We've been lied to, to believe that we live in lack. And it's waking up to the fact that there is an abundance of everything you ask for, because what you put out is what you get back. So if you continue to operate from lack, you continue to see lack you continue to look for see Teresa. look there's a shortage of this that's what you're going to continue to get how you see business how you see your life determines what's possible for you the the filter the lens the perspective through which you know the glasses that you look through life with Mm -hmm. will reflect back exactly what you're already looking through and honestly it can make such a difference to how you feel can't it and it seems so simple in the fact of I have a great example. My daughter and I were uh, shopping right before Christmas. As you can imagine, the supermarkets were really busy. And we stood in this huge queue to try and pay for our shopping. And my daughter sort of said, she's only nine, so she's only young. And we we try really hard to talk about this kind of thing. And we're talking about it. And I said, but you know what? How lucky are we that we get to stand in this queue with a trolley full of food that we're buying for our Christmas day. And interestingly enough, when I was at the event in Laguna, there was a Mosaic Vision, wasn't there? And and they talked about their charity 
And I sponsored a child through Mm. the charity. And I purposely did it with the intention of not only for myself, but for my daughter, because she lives in this nice world that we've created for her, where she doesn't go without a lot and she has food and she has clothes and a house. And, but she doesn't obviously sometimes appreciate those things. So we, we have this young boy called Naboose that we write to, and we'll often talk about the fact of, imagine what he's got. Or, you know, when my daughter was sort of saying, you know, she wanted to go on her iPad and I think I said, no, and I said, what do you want? Yeah, honestly, first of all, problems. And it's like, you know, what do you think Naboose does every day when he's not at school, apart from the fact that he's probably got to work and do things? What do you think he does with his spare time? You know, how amazing do you think it'd be if he just had some crayons and a piece of paper? Or, you know, we try so hard to constantly come back to that, you know, take it right back to that level, which seems so extreme. But actually, if you're really going to be super grateful and super kind of living in that abundance, you kind of almost need to take it back to that and go, you know, we're not in a mud hut. I have a TV and a sofa and a carpet and a house and food in the fridge and all those things that, like you said, we just don't take, you know, we just take for granted for every single day, don't we? We don't even think about it. Totally. Yeah, that was a really awesome, just to kind of recap that, that was a really awesome experience for us as well. Dr. Shannon Irvine is a good friend of ours. She's also a client and she's ran this charity for 14 years. And we decided to sponsor her charity at our uh, three-day event with the intention of having people in the room raise money for it. Mm -hmm. And and it became a big lesson in abundance too. And I think especially the time of year with like Christmas and stuff too, it's also such a great opportunity to practice abundance because it's so much more about giving and like letting money go out. And if yeah. you operate from abundance, it's very easy to let money go out. Like I don't share this to brag or anything, but I share this as like simple demonstrations to inspire and encourage other people. But Christmas Eve day, I was picking something up at the supermarket and there's a family out there. And it's, you know, it's, it's tragic, you know, to just see like, you know, an entire family, like the husband, the wife and the kids, like the day before Christmas, yeah. just like sitting there, like swallowing their pot pride and just asking for money. And I I happen to keep a couple hundred dollars in my wallet at all times, also because it gives me a feeling of abundance. Mm -hmm. And I I just gave it all to them. And I I like love doing that. Yeah. And that's something that can really drastically help your relationship with money as well. Is that understanding that the more money you make, the more impact you can create, the more that you can use this tool for good. And it's it has nothing to do. Money doesn't have a label attached to it. Money isn't good or bad. Mm-hmm. Money is just money. It's neutral. It's what you do with it. A hammer can build your dream home mm-hmm. and it can also take a life. Yeah. That doesn't make a hammer good or bad. It just makes it a hammer. Yeah. And so you are the really the ultimate determinant, determination of how you're going to use this tool. So it was so awesome to see members at every level, people just starting yeah. their business, people already successful, giving what they wanted to and what they felt inspired to give. And uh, during those three days, and we raised over $90,000. I think it was $95,000. Yeah, it was amazing. And it was um, more money than she's ever raised at a single event in 14 years of, of running that, 12 or 14 years of running that charity. More money than she'd ever raised. And, you know, at the end of the day, like we've done multi-million dollar launches. I've, I've done a lot of really six things that would be like really proud about and accomplished yeah. and like nothing has more of a lasting and deep fulfilling 
uh, feeling than doing something like that. And I didn't donate all of it. The, the members did. Yeah, I mean, we yeah. gave some, but it was mostly the members, right? And that to me has like crazy thoughts because I'm like, well, not only are we like contributing our tool of money, mm-hmm. but we're inspiring others to do that as well. And that has like compounding effects. Yeah. And, and yeah. You, you couldn't not be more... Um, understanding of the point of abundance being sat in Laguna Beach and obviously because I'm from the UK going over there is is amazing you know we're sat in Laguna Beach in a lovely room with amazing people with coffee on tap and you know to sit there and see what some of these young people go through you couldn't you couldn't sit there and honestly think I don't want to give anything or I can't give anything because you're sat there thinking I'm sat in Laguna beach in California. This is amazing. So surely I can give something to these, to these young people. So it was, and the event itself was fantastic. And while I was at the event and I talked about this on the podcast, I went to the event as business by design and moved up to the next level because I knew that what I needed more of was that coaching and that interaction and one thing that's really interesting with your coaching that not only you do, but the other coaches do is like you said, you don't give us a handbook. We're not sat there with a list of James says, do this, do this, do this, do this. <laughs> yeah. you, you know, it'd be really easy if you could, that'd be great. But you know, it, it's a case of you're equipping us because you're asking us the questions. You're making us find the answers and dig a bit deeper and, and work it out for ourselves. Because ultimately as much as, you know, we all love to have you in our lives, we need to do this for ourselves. We need to be able to to get these things done and understand these things. And it's that constant practice of those things. So for me, I am, I'm super excited about the next year coming because I've just joined Next Level. Um, I watched, you did an amazing thing where the Next Level people got to come on stage and say what their big wins were for the, the past 12 months. And I sat there and thought to myself, and I, again, it's so silly because I'm a little bit embarrassed saying it, but I sat there thinking, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be stood on that mm-hmm. stage. I'm going to be, I'm going to be one of those people that gets to tell the rest of the room what I did in that 12 months. So I am so very excited to see what's going to happen and how things are going to change for me and the impact that you're going to have even further on me and my business. So mm-hmm. I just want to say thank you again coming on the podcast you've been a great guest and obviously i will hook up to everything in the show notes i'll make sure we've got links to your podcast because it and you're doing three a week now aren't you every once in a while i'm kind of just i I definitely do one every monday and then uh we've created two additional segments and i do them yeah a wednesday episode where we share a case study of a of a student who's just kicking butt and then friday is more of like a practical business tip yeah you know Kind of whenever I feel inspired to do them. It's hard work. I, you know, I <laughs> yeah. honestly, doing a podcast, I can appreciate how mm. difficult it is, but to do more than one a week, you're like a machine. That's amazing. So, but yeah, thank you so much again, James. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and sharing yeah. such insightful, amazing things with my audience. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. No problem. Oh, wow. So I don't know about you, but I loved that. Not only, obviously, did I love being able to interview James because he's a bit of a hero to me, but I just love everything he has to say. He just says things in a different way that makes you think, 
well, if I have an open mind about this, then do you know what? Maybe, maybe this might work or it's worth giving a go or that's a really interesting view on that point. So I am really hoping you enjoyed today's episode and I would love to hear what you think. So please come and find me, DM me or send me an Insta story and let me know what you think. Tag both James and I in because I know he gets super excited about people coming back to him in terms of his own podcast. So I'd love him to know what you guys think. And I really hope you got some amazing stuff from this episode. So thank you so much for listening. Next week, we're doing another interview because I've got so many good ones lined up that I wanted to get this year off to a really good start. So next week, I am interviewing the wonderful Benji Travis and Sean Cannell, who are video influencers and talk about how to use YouTube and online video to market your business and influence people. So this is a really, really good one. These guys are full-time YouTubers, but also have a really successful video influencer page with great advice of businesses and entrepreneurs. It's a really smart one. You're going to love it. And I will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast with Teresa Heath-Waring from TeresaHeathWaring.com. 